Dr. John Easter on Together in Missions. Here is Dr. John. So in case you're sorry, what, what is that about? Christmas Eve, just so you know, is one week away. Yes. And we decided to do something kind of special this year. We're going to have a Christmas Eve Eve service. Uh, so because it falls on a Sunday, so it'll be Saturday night at 5 o'clock right here, candlelight. It's going to be a fantastic time. And then uh, Sunday morning, 1030, we'll be here as well. And so we just look forward to it. It's going to be a special time. I hope you'll join us, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. Well, in the spirit of having fun today, isn't it just great to see the children and the, and the families and all that God's doing? I just love, love being a part of that. Um, I was thinking about um, just all the fun things that kids do, and one of the things kids do is sometimes they don't always remember what you teach them exact. I mean, it's close, right? And, but they tell things, and, and it's kind of funny. So I, I heard a story about a little boy. Uh, his name was Philip. He got to go to his grandparents' house the week before Christmas, and he was so excited, and he was telling them, showing them his list for presents and all the things he was looking forward to. And the night, he got to spend the night, they woke up that morning and it snowed six inches of snow. So he was really excited. He had the wiggles ready to go out and play. And so they went outside and the grandma was watching. And as he came in, she said, you want some hot chocolate? I said, sure. And they were drinking hot chocolate. And she said, isn't it amazing that God painted the ground white for you? And he said, yeah, Grandma, that's really nice that Grandma painted the ground white for me. And you know, Grandma, did you know, this is really interesting, that God is left-handed? And Grandma said, no, I didn't know that. How, did, how do you know that God is left-handed? And he said, oh, let me tell you, when I was at Sunday school, they said that Jesus sits on God's right hand. So he must be left-handed. You know, it's funny how important laughter is. Do you know they've done studies that the more you laugh, the stronger your immune system is? In fact, when podcasts first came out, most of the things that you would listen to on a podcast and the number one shows were all crime and mystery. But now the number one podcast for the last five years in a row are all comedy. People are searching for joy. In fact, in 2021, the number one um, thing that was searched on the internet over 450 million times per month, according to Facebook, which you are, I'm sure is real, <laughs> was how to find happiness. It's amazing in our lives the things that we want the most really are, and we've talked about it, our hope. We want peace. We want joy. And next week, we're going to talk about love. But in our world, people are looking for those things, but they're finding them in all the wrong places. They're finding temporary fixes for the needs that they're longing to be fulfilled in their lives. And when I talk about joy today... 
as a Christian, if you are someone who says that you follow Jesus and you've made him your Lord and Savior, the Bible teaches us that he has given us the gift and the person of the Holy Spirit, which now dwells in you, which means if you rely on him, that you have the unlimited resource of joy accessible to you at all times. But it's so important that you understand that comes from the inside out. Happiness is an outside-in thing, but joy is inside out. And if that's true, Christians should be the most joyful people on the planet. They should be. And so the question we have to ask ourselves today is, where has all the joy gone, Christians? Where is our joy You see, Christmas is all about Jesus pointing to the birth of our Savior who came from heaven to earth to save you and me from our sins. So we should have the most joy, but where did all the joy go? That's what I want to talk to you about today is how do you recapture joy in your life? Well, we're... We're not the first people to wrestle with this. In fact, a lot of people have. And today we have a perfect text that um, illuminates how to have joy. And it's in the gospel. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and turn there. We're going to be in Matthew today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. We're going to read that in a moment. And I'm saving the part where the shepherds are in their fields and if you like, um, you know, the, car, the cartoon Charlie Brown that has read Linus as you hear his voice, that'll be next week. But this week we're going to go a little bit ahead and we're going to talk about the three wise men, the three wise men, the magi, if you will. And it says this um, in verse one, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod heard the king, when when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. By the way, it's obvious why he would be troubled. If you're a king and somebody shows up and says, We're coming to worship the new king, you'd probably have some questions too if you were the king. And so he's troubled by this. And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him back, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Could you imagine hearing that? Like try not to smirk as he's telling you that. Like, yeah, right. That's why you want to meet him because you want to worship him. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which, which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. If you have your Bibles, or you're taking notes, or if you have like a little, if you have cameras, this is a great time pulled out. I want you to take a little picture of this, because I want you to, of the screen, the words exceedingly great joy. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Exceedingly 
great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened uh, when, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that it would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray for people today that we would receive exceedingly great joy this morning. I pray for people that came in. Maybe they have reason not to have joy. I pray that they would discover a greater reason in you this morning. That they can have exceedingly great joy in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Exceedingly great joy. That word great is the Greek word megas. Turn to your neighbor and say megas. This is where we get our word mega. So mega joy sounds great. Who likes mega joy? Really, that's it? I love mega joy. My fa- one of my favorite things is to laugh, to smile, to enjoy life. Last night, uh, my brother and sister-in-law are here. We're so glad you guys are here, by the way. Sorry, I won't make you do anything. But they're here. They spent the night. And you know what we did? We watched funny memes on our phones and put it up on the TV over and over. And we just laughed and laughed. How many know laughter is just medicine for the soul? I love it. But here's the problem. It's temporary. Have you ever had that feeling when you open up all the presents Christmas morning and the presents are done and you sit there and you realize you got to clean everything up and then you got to figure out where you're going to put all the new clothes and the new shoes and then you think, oh, I need a nap. Where did all the, the joy go? Well, today I want to talk to you about something that's a little bit different than all of that. And this is my big idea that I want to talk to you about is that mega joy, what it is, is not about information, but impartation. I'm going to say that again. Mega joy is not about information, but impartation. We do not suffer for information, do we? You can pretty much do anything by going on YouTube. You can fix your refrigerator this afternoon by searching all those things, can't you? You can do all kinds of things. You can change a tire. But you know what you can't do? Have mega joy. You see, there's a, this word impartation is really important that, you, that you, we grasp it because information is just about knowledge that's just out there. But an impartation is something that you actually bring into that you partake in the spiritual sense, when we talk about impartation, it's the work of the power of the Holy Spirit that you would receive something that your mind and eyes might like figure out or see, but until it's imparted to you and you actually receive it, it stays out here. The best way that I can say it is when you come and maybe you're with me or something like that and, and I lay hands on you, I pray for you, At that moment, nothing happens. But the Bible says that when you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, something supernatural happens. 
And if you're here this morning and you've received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you've encountered the living God, that impartation. And there's something that you can't really describe until you encounter him, until you experience him. And so an impartation is really my goal this morning, is that you wouldn't just say, oh man, that pastor, he told a really funny joke. I'm going to save that for Christmas Eve. I'm going to tell my friends and family about it. Because that's momentary. My prayer is that you would have an encounter with the living God, that when you leave this morning, you'd have a fresh sense that there's joy inside of me. My circumstances may not go the way that I wanted to. I may not get everything right. Christmas morning with all the presents, it may not be the best presents this year, but because of Jesus, I have joy that's mega. And it can't be shaken. It won't be shaken. It can't stop. So that's what I want to talk to you about today is if you're here and you're at all curious, can I have that mega joy this morning? Absolutely. But I want to tell you something. It's actually going to require something of you. So if you're here and you're like, man, that sounds really good. I'll just chill and wait. I'm sorry. That's not how it works. So the question I want to ask and I want to answer is how do I obtain mega joy? How do I obtain mega joy? So to help us see this, I've actually invited my son Titus. Will you come up with me, buddy? Would you get up for Titus? So, will you stand right up here? So, Titus, do you like basketball? Yes. yes, he likes basketball. He loves basketball. And one of the things that we teach in basketball is how to pass. Am I right? So, how would you pass me the ball? Oh, that's amazing. So, that would be, um, that's spectacular, right? Okay, I'm a parent. Anything our kids do, we're just like, oh, did you see that? Anyways. I saw some of you, okay? Don't, uh, grandparents, I was watching you. I saw some even tears over here, okay? It was beautiful. So we have chest pass, right? We have, there we go. Now we have bounce pass. Right? Uh, pretty good. Now, then we have over the head. I don't know, all these different things. Now, if you watch Titus, if I was to pass him the ball, let's see if he does it right. I do a bounce pass to you. How are you going to receive the pass? That's okay. Nah, eh, that's pretty good. So imagine, Titus, somebody's trying to steal it from you. How are you going to catch the ball? I'm going to pass to you. Ooh, did you notice a little different? How did he do that? He stepped into it. Another way of saying that is he received it. So watch, Titus. I want you to receive it like someone, Kevin Durant, is going to take this from you. I want you to really go after and grab it, Okay. There you go. Very good. Here, pass it back to me. So, oh, it's mine. I tell that to kids all the time. It's my ball. It's the only time we really do that. <laughs> now, for all the people here that are worried, does Pastor Nate only talk about sports illustrations? Hey, I talked about perennials and annuals a couple weeks ago, all right? <laughs> so we are all over the planet here when we use illustrations. But here, here's what I want you to see. If this represents joy... Many people do not know how to receive joy. And I'll even say it, take it a step further. Many people don't know how to fight for joy. Do you want it that much? Guess not. Do you really want it? How much joy? Do you want joy? Well, I don't believe you. Do you really want uh, Grab it. Uh, there you go. All right, give it up for Titus. Good job, buddy. 
The first thing I want you to hear here, number one, if you're going to obtain joy, you have to receive it. You have to receive it and you have to grab it. You have to almost, in a sense, take it. Because I'm just going to tell you right now, you live in a world that wants to steal, kill, and remove your joy. Some of you are like, oh, really, Pastor Matt? Yes! Have you not driven the streets of Portland recently? Or ridden your bike? Apparently a lot of people do that around here. I was driving down the hill one time, and I promise you I didn't even see this poor guy on the bicycle. And I was about to turn, and I almost hit the poor guy, slammed on my brakes, and he looked at me and showed me number one, but it wasn't number one. And he was yelling at me, giving me all kinds of things. And it's in, my joy was so quick to be like, what? I mean, come on. Anybody with me like that? Joy can be taken from you so fast. We forget the, one of the most important things you can do as a believer is protect your joy. In fact, you can't just be around people with joy. Proximity doesn't work, this, doesn't work for getting joy. Like, in other words, being around it, it's not going to work. In fact, let's look at the scripture. In Matthew 2, verse 10, here's what it says. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, okay, where did they go? Some of us, are, we, we don't get back into, like, drifting off on me. Let's dial it in here, church. Let's lock in, because I believe God has something for you. Don't miss this. They went into the house. Could you imagine if the Magi had traveled all of those miles went through all of this stuff, sat outside on their cell phones, exceedingly great. Oh, we found him, the navigation of the OnStar. They arrived. But so many people do that with God. They're around Christians. Another thing that we find out is most Christians don't actually read their Bibles. They actually have stacks of Bibles all over their house. They have it on their cell phones. They have it on their computers at any time. But they don't read it. Information versus impartation. All the information around you doesn't do anything unless you receive it. Now, I am going to be the first to admit to you, there have been times in my life when I should have received and held on to my joy, but I gave it up too, too easily. In fact, the Lord, every t most of the time when I'm preaching on a subject, he'll test me during the week. And I'll be the first to admit this week, Friday, I let go of my joy. Your pastor, can you, I, please forgive me. But I'm going to give you the reason why. So we were very excited. We're really excited. Like I told you, my, our family's coming to town. We have a guest room. And Mael, like most ladies, have asked their husbands to do things, don't elbow your husband too hard, months before. So one of the things that we had was our walls and our, these rooms needed to be repaired and painted. And so some people get started really quick. I waited to the day before. So it was a Friday. And so I'm patching the walls, and I'm getting ready to paint, and I knew there was, in the garage, there's all these cans of paint for the walls. And so as I'm getting ready, I got the walls all ready, I'm getting ready to paint it, and uh, I start opening the cans. Have you ever had this happen? You're opening the cans, and the first one you open, the paint's as hard as a rock. I was really upset about that. 
The next one was, was hard as well. Uh, the next one was empty. And I started going down and I'm like, oh my goodness, I found two cans of paint that were viable. And one kind of looked like the wall that needed to be repaired, one of the walls. So I went in there on Friday night. I'm sorry, it was, it was, it was Friday. And I want to show you what the wall looked like. Does that match? <laughs> a poor cow can only do so much. So I want to leave that there just for a moment. So I remember doing that and being so frustrated because I didn't have the paint. I had no way to fix it. So Mael comes in and she looks at it and she was like, You know those times when you're your spouse, you know, you don't have to say anything, and you just know there's so much more to be said. So let's just say I went for a drive, and I went to Costco of all places. My joy is gone, and I am pushing my cart. Someone's trying to hand, I don't even want the samples. That's how much joy I had lost. I'm just trying to get the food, trying to get home. And she's like, what's wrong? You know, my wife's all sweet. I'm like, I don't even want to talk about it right now. And, and it's just amazing how, Titus, will you pass me that basketball again? How God offers us joy. And we're so easy to let somebody knock it out of our hands. We're so quick to allow little things. And I hate to say it. The kids that are up here that we love and we're so proud of can knock the joy right out of our hands. And let's be even more real. We have multiple generations in this room. Grandparents, isn't it true that your adult kids can knock the joy out of your house? And what we don't realize is part of receiving the joy that God has for you means you can't just be around it. You can't just be knowing about it. You've actually got to fight for it. You have to receive it. You have to take hold of it. Because the enemy, the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. Mega joy is available for you and for me. So what are we to do? Here you go, buddy. What are we to do? When you're like me on a Friday and you've given up your joy, what are we supposed to do? We're eight days from Christmas. Some of you are going to brave the malls. Okay, who's still got some shopping to do? Let's just see some hands. That's it? Everybody else is done? Wow. I almost believed you. So what are we to do when there's going to be ample opportunity to give up your joy? Psalms 118 says something so beautiful, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us, this is the secret, rejoice and be glad in it. Christmas, that's the Lord's day. Today, it's the Lord's day. I will make a decision to rejoice. And be glad in it. There's a quote by Craig Rochelle that says, Successful leaders do consistently what other people do occasionally. 
But I think with joy, I wrote this, it's similar but a little different. People with mega joy receive consistently what other people receive occasionally. Mayel was on the phone, I think it was actually Friday, in my Anne of Avonlea, Anne of Green Gables, Depths of Despair, if you will. <laughs> Who's seen those movies, anybody? I'm sorry, guys, I had that moment. I'll just be real with you, I'm going to be honest. And um, she called some people that we were really close to in the Tri-Cities, and I knew instantly who it was. You know how I knew it? Because of their giggle. Names are Bonnie and Russell. And they are, I believe, in their 80s. And they are the most loving, Holy Spirit, Jesus people you'd ever meet, like many of the people of the saints in our church. And when you talk to them, they're giggling, they're laughing. Every morning they read the Bible. Every morning they pray. They watch messages. They listen to God's word. They're praying for people. They're blessing people. The joy of the Lord, the mega joy is all over them. I'm sure you've heard the acronym JOY stands for Jesus on you. These people have Jesus on them all the time. So Mael calls them and instantly I hear Bonnie, hee hee hee. And Russell's like, ha ha, it's so good that we're talking, laughing. And here's the thing. Mael said, how are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing okay. And then they start talking about their health issues, talking about their family that's going through struggles. Start talking about all this thing and I'm realizing they have struggles too. You don't have joy by having an absence of problems. You have joy because you've received it, because you fought for it, because you've said, God, I trust you. You made today. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, not because of my circumstances, but because of who you are. So the first thing you have to do is receive it. The second thing, and I've kind of said this a little bit, but I want to reiterate it, is number two. All the information about mega joy won't help a person that refuses to obey. I'm going to say that again. All the information about mega joy won't help a person that refuses to obey. Obedience. One of God's love languages. Will you obey what he's asked you to do? This year, one of the things that I made a declaration to myself was that I would hang some Christmas lights outside our house. Last year, I attempted, and the house was just too tall. I was afraid, I'll be honest with you. I tried to go the ladder. It was slipping. It was not pretty. I thought, I need to be here for my kids, my wife. I'm not going to go down like this. So I put up about half the lights, tried to go high. I took the rest down. It was a disaster. But this year, I got my boy Carlos, who's here. Where's you at, Carlos? Just wave. Where's Carlos? There he is. He's in the back. Carlos is a painter. He's good with ladders. So he got on this ladder, and he did our lights. They look amazing, but there was this one part that we had to actually rent a 32-foot extension ladder, and he, Carlos, climbed all the way to the top for me. Let's go. So, so here's the funny part. Every time he would go up, he would say, okay, Pastor Nate, okay, Pastor Nate, I want you to stand on the bottom, and I don't want you to move. And I said, okay, I got you, Carlos. And every time he'd go up, you know what he would say? Pastor Nate, don't take a phone call. I'd go up. And then he'd say, if, somebody, if you've got to go to the bathroom, hold it. 
Every time he'd go, because we have the middle letter, and he'd have a different joke or a different phrase. Every time he'd go, he'd go up, I'd just be standing there, all right, Carlos. And he goes, if anybody calls you, do not answer your cell phone. Do not text. Do not call. And he's just, he had all these lines, right? So I'm kind of laughing. But you know what's weird? Every time he went up the ladder, I was tempted to walk away. Every single time. He'd go up there and I'd be like, maybe if I just stepped a toe. Nope, I won't do it. I won't do it. I'm going to take up a little bit. No, I won't do it. I won't do it. Don't we have the same problem with God? He's saying, don't look at that. Oh, but I want to look so bad. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. You don't need to get a loan to buy that car. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, but I want it. I want friends that I don't really like to be impressed by me. I want to do what I want to do. And even if it's for somebody else's safety, there's something inside of me that says, he's going to tell me to stand on this ladder? I don't think so. There's just something inside of all of us that says, I want it my way. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you want mega joy in your life, you're going to have to surrender your way to God's way. Because joy is not found by circumstances, it's found by what God can do in your life. Inside, out. You see, the wise men had the same struggle. Matthew 2.12 says, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. You see, they had Herod saying, come back, but they had God saying, go a different way. And as we're reading this story, you might be thinking, well, that's an obviously easy answer. Was it? I want you to think for a moment. Herod had an army. He had the ability to chase them down. He had the ability to put them in jail and kill them if he wanted to. You see, when we read the text, it's, it's easy to pull yourself out. and be like, oh, of course I'm going to obey God. What about your life? When God says, I want you to give generously, Ooh, will I have enough for myself? When God says, hey, I want you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Ooh, let's leave that one out. I don't know about that one, Lord. You see, we give up our joy the fastest when we disobey God's commands. We surrender it so fast. And it's interesting because when you give up joy, Something else takes its place really quickly, doesn't it? It could be anger. It could be fear. It could be sadness. It could be bitterness. The moment you allow something to take your joy away, something else is going to take it. And for me, one of the quickest emotions that hits me is anger. And the problem with anger is the more you study it in psychology is that it makes you feel strong because your body is wired to have um, adrenaline hit your mind. And guess what happens? I'm angry, Hulk smash. And I'm thinking I'm going to be all buff and ripped with my anger. But it's a false sense of strength. Because what did the Lord say? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the anger that you actually find out what ends up happening is your anger is causing a mess. Your anxiety and your fear because you don't trust God You've surrendered it to 
you've surrendered your joy, your whole house is filled with fear. Your whole life is sad. And you're around people and they're like, where's the joy gone? Oh, I left it right over there. Simply by not obeying what God asked me to do. What is God asking you to do in your life? You see, rejoicing is not easy. We all have times in our lives where we have to rejoice. So if you've given up your joy, what's the pathway back? Number three, choose to rejoice and that's when you're going to experience transformation. Choose to rejoice and that's when you're going to experience transformation. You see, rejoy would be a lot easier if in, when we gave up our joy, we didn't make a mess. It's like the illustration of a paint can. When you're angry or you're frustrated and you do something that hurts other people, you know what you do? It's like you throw paint all over a room and it makes a mess everywhere. And so when you do that and you drop your joy, you don't just hurt yourself, you hurt the people you love the most. And unfortunately, that's what I did on Friday with my wife. Is I was not bringing joy, I was bringing Hulk smash. And nobody likes that, especially my wife. And so the hardest part about when you give up your joy and you surrender it, the pathway forward is humility. It's to actually be sorry and say, I blew it. And my wife is so smart. You know what she said? Are you saying sorry because you have to preach on Sunday or do you really mean it? <laughs> that is a great question. Hey, let's be real. That's a great question. I want you to think about your life. Why are you apologizing? Why are you saying sorry? Are you just trying to get out of it fast? Or are you really repentant and sorry? You know who really knows? God does. The Holy Spirit knows. So I had to humble myself and say, I'm sorry. And here's what happens when you rejoice and you humble yourself. You know what? I didn't just say it to her. I had to go to my heavenly father and repent to him. You know why? Because he says, I have mega joy for you. Why are you giving up my joy so easily? And it wasn't mean. He wasn't hurting. He wasn't like angry with me. You know what he was? He reminded me of the Christmas story. Jesus was sent from heaven to earth for me. My humanity, my flesh, my mistakes, my brokenness. God was sent for me in the form of Jesus. That's the wonder of Christmas. It's the gospel right in front of you. Jesus came for you. That's why we have great joy. I couldn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But when I receive him as my king, I experience transformation. So Saturday morning, after I'd cleaned up my mess with my wife and I'd talked to the Lord, <laughs> I decided I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to fight back. And I went... And I, because I, I didn't have any pain, I started, I Googled some things and I figured out, oh, you can actually cut a little chip out of the wall and go get the paint matched. Did you know that? So I go down to Rada, spend a quick 30 bucks, and now look at the cow. Come on. Now, don't go buy that picture, okay? But... Some of you are like, oh, I want that cow. But I want you to look at that just for a moment. Here, here's what I want you to see. The message of the gospel is that even if you feel like you've gone too far, Jesus is right there to receive you. 
If there's breath in your lungs, God has grace for you. If you receive Jesus as your king, he's got rejoicing waiting for you. It's always a trade-up with Jesus. I want you to hear something in Isaiah 61 verse 3. It says that God wants to give them, he's talking about Israel and it applies to us as well, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I want you to hear this. This is such a powerful moment that I hope you don't miss. And this is the impartation. In my effort to bring humor and levity to this topic today, because we're talking about joy, it doesn't, I'm not missing also the point that there's some of you here that have real reason not to have joy. The Bible does talk about that we weep with those who weep and we mourn with those who mourn, but we rejoice with those who rejoice. In other words, there are things that we go through in life that it would be insensitive just to laugh at. It would actually be wrong. It would actually be mean to not go there with people. Do you know what I'm talking about? And yet, God says that I have an anointing. I have an oil for you. My joy that will be with you. I know there are people in this room that your marriage is not what it should be. In fact, there are people with divorce papers. I know there are people in this room that have gotten diagnosis from the doctor and it's not good. Your family, not good. There are people in this room that I just talked to in the hallway and they said, I'm not gonna see my kids for Christmas. I'm not gonna see my grandkids. They're devastated. See, there's always a reason to not have mega joy, isn't there? But I want you to know that you serve a God who cares deeply about you, who sees your loneliness, who sees your fears, who sees your anger, who sees your brokenness. He sees the mess that you made. He sees every part of your life. And he's saying, if you will come to me, if you will find peace in me, if you will surrender, and this is what he says, lay it down before me. Remember last week we talked about presenting it to God. Guess what happens? He gives you a trade up. He flips the script. He will give you joy that the world cannot offer you. All the money in the world cannot pay for. All the circumstances that could line up to make you feel so good. The joy of the Lord was already paid for in a man named Jesus who came 2,000 years ago as a baby for you and for me and then fast forward to when he was 33 years old and he died on a cross for you and for me so that you can have eternal life. That's the wonder of Christmas. That's the joy. But I, I know there are people in this room that as you're listening to me, you're like, man, I want to trade. I need to exchange. I've been carrying a lot of hurt. I've been carrying a lot of anger. I've been carrying a lot of fear. I just slip into those things so fast. I'm so quick to give up my joy. Jesus is saying, I'm here. Let's make a trade this morning. How do you do that? It's not about being around it. not about information. It's an impartation. It's receiving Jesus. 
So if you're here this morning, amen, you're like here and there's like, man, Pastor Nate, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Maybe for the very first time, you want to make him your Lord and Savior, master of your life. You're ready to make him your king. If that's you this morning, would you just slip up your hand? I'm not going to make you do anything other. Just slip your hand up right where you are. I want to pray for you right where you are. If you want to make Jesus your king, come on, that's awesome. Anybody else? Keep them up high. Anybody else that wants to receive Jesus as your king? That's so good. Anybody else? Sorry, the, the lights are bright. I can't always see. Thank you. I see another hand. That's awesome. Come on, I see another hand. That's awesome. Anybody else? So good. I don't want to leave anybody out. So good. All right, you can put your hands down. Church would, let's, first of all, let's clap for those brave people that raised their hands. That's so good. So good. Would you, would you repeat after me as a church, as a congregation, let's just pray this prayer. This is our opportunity to respond to the gospel. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my king. Come into my life. Make me new. And I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap. That's awesome. Church, if you would stand with me, we're going to respond to the message this way. If you're here this morning, we're going to sing a song called I Speak Jesus. And the reason we're singing this song is because the joy that you're looking for is an impartation from Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're able to and ready to respond to the message, if you're ready to trade up, if you've got some anger, you've got some bitterness, you've got some fear, some anxiety, some struggles, some messes that you need to clean up, I want to encourage you. What we do is these altars are open. What that means is if you want to come forward and kneel at the altar and pray, and here's what I'm asking that you will do during this song, that you will lay down whatever it is and trade it up for joy this morning. Speak Jesus over your circumstance. Speak Jesus over your life, over your family, over your friends, over your grandkids, over your health. Jesus is the one that can transform your life. If you're here and you want to make a trade up, would you raise your hand? You're ready to trade something out for joy. Anybody here? Oh, we got a lot of hands. You ready to trade something up for joy? Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's broken. So I just want to see who I'm praying for. Lift it up high. I want to pray for you. You're ready to make a trade up. So Lord Jesus, you see these hands. I pray right now for every hand that's held high, that as they give you whatever it is that's holding them back from experiencing joy, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would touch their hearts, that they would have a fresh impartation of your joy. For those that are struggling with fear and anxiety and doubt, I pray joy over their hearts right now in Jesus' name. Joy over their minds and their marriages, God. Joy over them right now. I pray as we sing this song and people respond that they will experience fresh joy today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's respond today. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 
at live.pcc today.com.